0: You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. Hello, friend, and welcome back to the podcast. It is seriously so fun getting to come together a couple times a week and hang out and chat business and life. This just makes our hearts so full. So thank you for being here week after week. Speaking of being here, today's episode is a part two of our Heart Conference attendees asking their questions to us on the podcast. So if you missed the first episode, go back to that episode. It is number 257. I don't know about you, but I have loved hearing your voices on the podcast and getting a chance to have a fun conversation with you in what feels like a more one-on-one way. Let's cue the Kim Kardashian tears over here as I'm like. (sighs) Anyways, in today's Q&A, we talk all about how to become a healthy leader with your team One thing we wish we knew when we first started our businesses, balancing our roles as co-owners and juggling work-life balance as a work-from-home entrepreneur and setting boundaries with your clients as a work-from-home entrepreneur, and one thing we wanted people to know about us. This is such a fun episode mixed with business advice and personal thoughts, and hopefully you walk away filled with some answers to similar questions and just feeling excited and empowered as an entrepreneur. Are you ready to dive in? Cause let's get started. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay.
1: All right, back again with the questions that we got from you, our listeners at our conference. I'm so excited. It's so fun hearing your voices on the podcast. It's just a little juicier and more fun than a normal Q&A episode. So let's get to it. I'm so excited.
0: Hi, Evie and Lindsay. This is Mari from at West Coast Catholic on Instagram. And my question for you guys today is, how do you best step into your role as a leader and empower your team members to want to actually build your business and be passionate about what you're doing instead of just um, viewing themselves as employees and finishing their day-to-day tasks and then checking out? Wow. Okay. First of all, Mari,
1: that was an incredible question. Second of all, get it with that promo at West Coast Catholic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We love it. Oh, man. I have so many thoughts. Do you have so many thoughts? I feel like, okay. Mm -mm -mm. Who's going first? (laughs) I don't know. Okay, but I'll go. Go for it. (laughs) My first thought is having a core company mission and maybe mm-hmm. even company sounds too fancy, like, like a business, like your business or small business, having a mission that is bigger than just you. Because I think when you hire, even if you're hiring an out just a, like a VA or outsourcing, like just like a, an independent contractor, getting them a part of the brand mission and what you're actually accomplishing, not like more than just like, say you sell, like, say you're like a home decor shop and you sell like planted pots right and it might seem on the surface like oh that's not really deep like I don't know if I have a brand mission for selling like terracotta right like, <laughs> like but I would go deeper and be like you you do if you dig deep enough because it's like okay well you you have you're making people's home like why are you selling planted pots or like pl- whatever they're called plant holders is that what they're called pot holders thank you okay great You said nothing. I just (laughs) she answered her own
0: question. I I do that so many times where I'm
1: like, "Hey, what is that?" Oh, okay, great, thanks. (laughs) But I just thought of it.
0: I don't even like hesitate when you do that. Now I just I nod and continue listening.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Plant. Okay, what I'm saying is, say you sell pot holders for plants. Like, why are you selling those? You're selling those to offer people to have plants in their house, right? And they want why, why do people want plants? You have to keep saying why. And this is obviously one example, but like every business out there can have a brand mission. Maybe your mission is to make people's house feel like a home, maybe to make home feel cozy and like their favorite place to be, like get your employees or even independent contractors on board with that yeah, and make sure like they're understanding that, them working for you is more than just like them like clocking in and like answering a couple emails or or whatever they do. Like, and I would say like communicate to them how thankful you are to them and also how valuable and important what they do for you is to the success of your business and also to the impact that you're making. Like if you get a really good review, like share that with your employees or with your independent contractors, with your team so that they know like, hey, this review, like it took all of us to do Mm -hmm. that. It wasn't just a me thing to make this person feel loved or or cherished or whatever service or product you gave them. Um, That's my first thoughts. Evie, do you have thoughts?
0: Yeah. um, I think the other thing, just to touch on what Lindsay just said with like the brand mission, I think there's also a way to... Like have a brand mission that is a yes outwardly focused to your customers and your clients. I think that's huge. But you can also have an inwardly focused brand mission where for you maybe it's like I want this job so that I have the freedom and flexibility to travel the world with my husband, or I want like this job is so important to me so that I have the income to be able to support me and my family, to be able to save like set aside a, a college fund for my kids, and be able to be a stay-at-home mom with my children. And maybe for your your employees, like we have a friend who hires a lot of uh, stay-at-home moms and uh, young moms and, you know, different women where a lot of their ultimate, like their mission, yes, is to serve their clients hugely. Absolutely. That's a big part of it. But also it's so that like they can be a team where if one of them needs to have like a week off because their kid's going into a surgery or having a big tournament game or anything like that, the other moms will rally and be like, we got your back, go take a week off. Like that sort of community of like, we're all in this together. This is like, the, the goal and the mission, that's just something I wanted to tag on too. It can even also additionally have an internal brand mission as well of like freedom to work from home, flexibility with your schedule, like all of that stuff. Um, with that being said, the, the thing that uh, popped into my head, in addition to the, like having a mission, allowing them to have buy-in is giving them autonomy in mm. their, their work and what they do. So I would strongly encourage, like, do not be a, uh, like a dictator who's like, you must come in at this time and you must do this and you must, here's your list of stuff to do and do nothing but this. Like, uh, one of the best ways to be a really powerful and, and up, like uplifting and life giving leader is to give your employees, give your whoever, uh, opportunities to give input, to give feedback, to have ideas, to, uh, be able to choose like what they think is the most important thing on their plate that day or, you know, things like that. Obviously, if there's like a huge deadline on Tuesday and you're like, you can tell your employee, like, I need this by Tuesday, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, if you're handing them a list of things that need to get done, be careful to not micromanage because what that does is it disempowers your employees. It gives them less desire yeah. to be involved. It it makes them just want to show up and clock in and out because they have no authority or say or ability to, you know, make decisions or have input. They have no buy-in. So the more you can allow your employees to have that sense of like, invite them into decisions, invite them into hesitations or questions or issues. It depends on, you know, your team. If it's a one-off like, a couple times a year contractor maybe don't invite them into decision making. But, you know, if it's like a a personal assistant that's working with you like 10, 15 hours a week or more, do not be afraid to invite them in and be like, hey, I'm really struggling with figuring out how to do XYZ system like as fast as I could. Do you have thoughts on that? Even that Uh simple invitation in gives that person like it makes them perk up and straighten their shoulders and be like, oh, I have Opportunity to have say in this company. Like I, I'm actually a part of this company. I'm not just like working away where my stuff doesn't matter. Like you're showing them the impact that they're having through their work. Like what Lindsay said, but you're also letting them have ability to be their own boss in a lot of ways, to take authority, to uh, make their own decisions, which will make people step up and grow and you know, be excited for stuff, to bring solutions to the table, all of that. So those are thoughts. Do you have anything to add, Lindsay? No, that's good. I mean, the buy-in thing is huge. And just like really
1: cultivating, I think, a company or like a company culture, um, which again, might sound too fancy if you have like one independent contractor working for you. But even in that scenario, still like try to encourage company culture of just like getting to know them more than just an employee, like make them feel like they are actual human beings that you care about. And I think that helps with buy-in too, because it's like, they're not just working for a job that they hate or like a job that feels meaningless to them. I think that with a company mission, like is is magic. And I think that's a really great way to be a good leader and to actually like make your employees or independent contractors care.
0: Yeah. And the other thing I just want to tag this on really quick, even if like, not only would I give them a lot of autonomy in, in what they do, but I would also intentionally uh, kind of set the tone for what you, how you want them to feel. Like reach out to them as a friend, reach out, send them like something personal. If you have, like if you're wanting to build that kind of relationship, it's not just, like I said, like a one-off contractor. It's like somebody who's working with you a bit more full-time. Like don't be afraid to you know, send them a text and be like, hey, I was praying for you this morning and I'm just so thankful you're on the team. Or even something like we'll have employees who are like, hey, you know, X is happening in my family or my kids or my husband's doing blah, blah, blah. Is it okay if I take today, like half day today and I'll finish all the rest of stuff, you know, whatever. And Lindsay and I'll be like, go, 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 you know, take the rest of the weekend off too. Like take Thursday and Friday. Don't worry about it. Like that sort of like, love and, and community aspect and relationship that you're building with your people is huge. Like don't be afraid to really build a connection and rapport with your employees and allow like a relationship that's built on trust and respect and love back like to, for you to them. And then that'll come from them to you. So yeah. so good. All right. Next question. Hi, Evie and Lindsay. This is Keely Hughes. And my question is What do you wish you knew when you were starting out your businesses? And what advice would you give your past self when you were just starting out? Keely, that's such a good
1: question. Oh my gosh. It's so good. I, I don't know what I would, I think about this all the time. And I'm like, literally, what did young Lindsay need the most? I feel like maybe this is just, I don't know. Okay. I would almost say, as an entrepreneur, uh, oh, I'm having a moment. Okay. <laughs> as an entrepreneur, success is not the end-all be-all. It's mm-hmm. like, like worldly success or like what, what looks successful on the outside in the sense of accolades, review, uh, review, well, I guess reviews, cl- lots of clients, a uh, hundred numerical or, numbers, yeah, numerical yeah. number or, or seven figures or something like that. Or, or even like features or, like, oh, I have like famous friends now, or like whatever, whatever that look like, whatever, whatever success looks like at- to you on the outside, maybe, I would say like that is not what's important. Mm-hmm. What's most important is making sure that you are living like a ha- happy, healthy, thriving life. And that I think, what did, I just read somewhere, somewhere that like oftentimes if you are the happiest on the inside and truly caring about that, it doesn't like, it, you don't care about what it looks like on the outside in the mm. sense of like, you're not trying to strive and, and show people, oh, look how flashy and nice my life is. Because I think when you do that, it often ends up that the inside of your life is all like discombobulated and disjointed and unhappy. Not always, but but usually because your focus is on like, People's opinions and, of you yes, or something? Yes, people's opinions and outward yeah. appearance. I say like, like I'm just, I'm giving this advice coming off like a month long sabbatical of like having zero technology, zero social media. And I'm just refreshed like heck at just not having to worry or think constantly about people's opinions. And we had such a rich fulfilling, like beautiful family culture this entire, like last month, because we focused on what like our life looked like on the inside, if that makes sense. So Mm. I think, especially I would tell like beginning Lindsay, as she's growing her business and wants success desperately and like wants to like have a great successful career. It's not that that's bad. Like I still want those things, but it's, it's
0: keep the main thing. The main thing is what Mm. I would say that's good. There the first thing that pops into my head and I feel like I've answered this on like other podcasts, even our own is it, comparison kills. Comparison is a thief of joy. Comparison is the thing that will lock you in both creatively and passion and all this stuff. So that's the first one that popped into my head that like I just wish there there was so much. Obviously there's nothing wrong with you know, looking around and getting inspired. But I think there was a lot, especially in the beginning of like my, my photography career that I was looking at all these other photographers and I was like, I'll never be as good as them. Oh, my photos look nothing like hers. And uh, and I think that like, I just wish I could have cut that out of young Evie um, and her life, even though I, I was very confident and I really tried to cut out comparison. I just like, I wish I could have had it non-existent, but I know we all struggle with that to one extent or another. So that's one thing. The other Thought that I have is, and and this is something that I didn't even realize that I was feeling until uh, I got engaged. No, I think it was when I got married. I realized that I felt like I had a deadline. Like I felt like I had to have all of my businesses started and going before I started having kids. or like, I, I felt like I had to have everything accomplished before children. And then the rest of my life was just children. And I really had like a conviction with the Lord where it was like, there's not a deadline. Like I could still be starting businesses when I'm in my 50s or, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s. Like I don't have to do everything in my 20s, like before kids. So that was like a huge weight off of me that I didn't realize I was carrying for so many years. Um, So that's the only other thought that I have of like, there's not a timeline that I have to meet and accomplish everything within. That's really good. We just did an episode about that. (laughs) was <laughs> sure <true>, We did. <laughs> All right. Next question. Hey, Evie and Lindsay, this is Emily from Long Island, New York. And I wanted to
1: know how you both balance your roles as co-owners within
0: the Hart University.
1: Emily, that's a good question. That's good.
0: I love I that. Feel like,
1: I feel like we're unique in the sense that like in the business world, I think when you have a joint like co- whatever they're called partnership thank you um (laughs) I I feel like generally it's the situation of that dang freaking book rocket fuel that's like one of them is an integrator and one of them is a visionary and and like that's the typical combo um and I feel like we are so unique in the sense of like we are very different people but at the same time like vision wise and like uh, culture wise and and Aesthetic-wise and like almost everything. <laughs> like we are like so freaking similar yeah. in, in where we want it to go. But even like I feel like we're both more so visionaries. And I feel like that's not typically normal with joint um people. However, I will say, like, before we started growing our business a little bit more, like I think we might have had just Rachel RVA on our team. So it was just like the three of us we we got to a point where we were like both approving everything, yeah. right? Because like when, we're, when we were starting our business, okay, we started the website and I think I like kind of took reign of like making it when like we were baby fresh and we didn't hire it out. Like I, I made it, but like I would be like, hey, Evie, do you like this? Okay, cool. I like it. Cool. I, great. Like we were yeah. both doing both everything. um, And that is
0: cool for like a minute at the beginning. To um, <laughs> so like make sure you maybe are on the same page, but... Right, but
1: that gets, that gets real hard real fast as you grow and scale. Cause like when we're doing multiple things and we have a team under us, like it's really hard to like up- approve every single thing. Now we're everything obviously, together. Yes. Some things, obviously we still like do together, like this podcast outlining the shows. Like we, we do that together. Um, and, but like in general, we like have segregated, like you approve i think most of the copy and mm-hmm. i approve most of like social graphics and and things like that and so it's like we've kind of delegated our our approval situations as our company have has grown and we now have people under us creating content for us whether it's emails mm-hmm. whether it's copies whether it's captions whether it's graphics like pdfs all the things that are like being created under us we've kind of delegated the approval of those which i think is super super helpful yeah.
0: um i don't know what else <laughs> <laughs> um I think I'm like I don't know balancing what was the question balancing our roles as co-owners I think that's kind of it The only thing I wanted to tag on to this which I was like how do I work this into the conversation we've we have an episode on like business partnerships and, and stuff like that and in that one of the biggest things that we shared that I want to make sure people hear in this is Lindsay and I, because we're, we're so aligned on values and character, like that's what matters to us. So at the end of the day, if like Lindsay approved a graphic that I maybe would have done differently, it, at the end of the day, our vision, I know we're working towards the same thing. So there's never any yeah. friction or tension of like, why would Lindsay say that? Why would Evie do this? Why would they approve that? Why would they, you know, there's never any of that because the foundational like character desire for like honoring God does, you know, mission statement of the heart and what we're working towards, like all of that is so aligned that everything else just like it, it works. And then from there, like on the logistical, like what Lindsay said, we've learned to really delegate and split, really build out our team. So we even get more off our plates so that Lindsay and I can really intentionally try Like we're still, I feel like we're still, Uh, working towards the ultimate goal of Lindsay and I are mostly sitting in the CEO seats and we do not even sit in the COO seats whatsoever. So there's like, we wouldn't even be the people approving like a graphic for social media. Like ideally that'll be yeah. like stuff that's off our plate as well. So we're still in the process of like really getting ourselves to where we want to be perfectly within this company. But as far as well, us balancing- say, uh, Goal, goal, future goal. I'm just going to put this out in the in the world. Um, I'm not going to manifest it,
1: but I'm going to put it out in the world. <laughs> um, I, I, I could, it's kind of what you literally just said. Like I think our future goal is to have us sitting in the CEO seats of the heart and, and ideally have a, a COO, like you just said, under us. Yeah. That approved, like that could, God, I hope there's someone out there in the world in the future when we need this person that like would be the same brain that like I would trust them wholeheartedly to approve something that yeah. I would approve in the exact same way. So that in the future, as we're like elevating and delegating and scaling the company, we are literally sitting in the seats of just like, we vision cast, we do the things that we need to do with our face and our voice and does it.
0: Like, yeah. Yeah. That's what we're working towards. So that's where we are right now. We both split delegation, but eventually we ideally want to get to a place where we don't even. And now a, before a we get off.
1: applications in our email, we are not in the financial place for a full-time person. Like yeah, We, we like, are not ready to CEO. hire a COO at this point. <laughs> but uh, just, you know, if the
0: Lord's tingling your face. Okay. That was weird. <laughs> heck. Okay. We are just going to leave that and move on to the next question. <laughs> tingles your face, what the hell did I just say? <laughs> okay. I cannot. Okay. Okay. Moving on.
1: Do you feel like every time you send an email to an inquiring client, there's crickets. You're never getting clients to respond back to you. And you're just sitting there like, what the heck am I doing wrong? Well, my friend, we're about to solve your problem full free. Did you know that the most important part of the very first email you send an inquiry is your pricing guide? <gasps> yeah, it's
0: true. <laughs> yes, and your pricing guide should be an avalanche of professional excellence, details, problem solving, and information for your ideal client. They should walk away from that pricing guide asking, where the heck has this person been in my whole life? Now, if your pricing guide isn't leaving your clients in awe, then you need to change it. Now, we are about to help you do just that with our free guide, Seven Essentials to Include in Your Pricing Guide. If you are ready to level up and prove your value to your clients, you need this. Head to theheartuniversity.com forward slash guide freebie to snag it. theheartuniversity.com forward slash guide dash freebie.
1: Y'all, lately I have been living in loungewear sets and if you're anything like me, you also just love a good, comfy, but also cute loungewear. And now my friend, allow me to introduce you to your new best friend, Lunya. Guys, when I tell you that you have found your literal newest best comfort outfit for those lazy days and nights at home, I mean it. Lunia's mission is to elevate rest and oh my Lord, do they ever. Lunia is just so dang creative and innovative in their pieces. They've pioneered never seen features and fabrics like washable silk, patented no-twist waistbands, strategic ventilation, stay-put sleeves, and more. Can you say comfy? <laughs> their pieces are stunning and we'll just leave you adding thing after thing to your cart, I promise. Everything Lunia makes is designed to tangibly improve rest with products as functional as they are beautiful. Now, don't take my word for it. Go to lunia.co to see for yourself and don't forget to use code HEART20 for 20% off.
0: Hey, this is Tori Glass. And uh, my question is when you are a creative and you have your family at home or you're working with your significant other, um, how, I know you, you were y'all are both really good at like differentiating between work and uh, play and then, you know, family life and whatnot. But when that does cross over, what is the, I guess, verbiage or lingo that you tell your clients to say, no, this is my time. This is my my private time. Um, and like what boundaries do y'all put into place to keep all of that separate and to keep your families happy? Mm, that's good, Tori. That's so good.
1: Okay, so client boundaries. I, th- I thought that question was going in a different direction than it ended up being. So this is cool. Okay, Client boundaries. Um, I think it's like verbiage for
0: clients. So, yes. So my, uh, I feel like I don't, okay. I don't work directly with clients the way that I did, like, like wedding well, clients or anything the way that I did. That's true.
1: In the heart, we don't really.
0: I feel like a lot of my boundaries now are mostly with like my team, like within the heart. I feel like that's where I feel the most friction sometimes is like, nope, that's my, like Lindsay and I have like, I don't start work until 9 a.m. And ideally she wants to be done with work by 5 p.m. And so there's certain times because we're on different time zones where like I'll join Slack or something at like 9 a.m. and there's like a bunch of stuff from the team or, you know, whatever. There's just stuff like time zone differences and having multiple team members and different things like that. In that scenario, I I will just be upfront and be like, Hey, unfortunately, like Landon and I are having a date night tonight. I'll get to that tomorrow. Or I'll say something like, I'm so sorry. I was, you know, having my morning routine and my time with Landon and the Lord and everything. So I'm just seeing this. I'll get that to you, you know, whatever. So I'm I'm not afraid to be very like, this is my work hours. And I'm so sorry if I'm not available outside of those. With clients, I feel like it's very much the same thing. Like with coaching students or anything like that, I won't be afraid to be like, you know, if if somebody emails me and is like, hi, could you get this to me? Like blah, 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 or whatever. Could you answer this coaching question or anything like that? I'll be like, hey, I'm just seeing this. It's Friday night. I am actually signing off for work. Lane and I are going or signing off of work. Lane and I are going on a little camping trip this weekend. I'm going to be out of service uh, and I take weekends off to like rest, but I will get back to you first thing Monday morning. I'm so excited like to answer this question. Something like that. Like I'm not afraid to set those boundaries and... I haven't done this yet, but I've started thinking I need to. Um, putting like a email signature in my emails of like, I check my work or emails within. it. Were you going to say the same thing?
1: You stole my tip. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. You can go. I was just going to say, I don't do this. But the, to answer her actual question of like, how do you set boundaries with clients? I, one of the ways that you can easily do that is what you were literally just going to say, which is put, either put like a sentence or just put like work out or like inbox hours yeah. or, or office hours, whatever you want to call it. I, you could say inbox hours or whatever. Um, And then put the, put the hours. And then like, I mean, Evie in that scenario was like so kind to answer an email on a Friday night. I like, if it's out of my, if I'm not, even if they said, could you please answer it? And it's out of my... Like, I'm not technically in office. I probably, If I'm not in office, I probably didn't see it. But if I did see it and it was had been clearly communicated what my office hours were, I probably wouldn't answer it until it was Monday morning and just say, hey, like, I'm just see- seeing this. Well, I guess if I already saw it. I wouldn't say I'm just seeing this. But like, I'm stepping of in office. Um, but uh, I, I, office hours is really good. I also think like just communicating and setting boundaries in the way of like, don't give out your phone number if you don't want clients texting you. That's a yeah. big one. Um, cause I think especially in the client service-based world, we do that so easily. And I know for some, depending on like what industry you're in, that might be actually really hard. Like maybe you're a realtor, like, and you like had to have that type of relationship with your clients and you're like, Oh, like I, I, I naturally text my clients. Like that's just like a given of how I, we communicate in that scenario. I would I would be very clear and and put boundaries on your phone in the sense or with your clients in the sense of like, hey, like I'm happy to give you my number. However, I only answer texts to clients during these work hours. And if you send it outside of this, like I have to set up a boundary for my family. Um, And and ideally in a perfect world, like just don't do that and keep it to email because I think it's
0: easier. Or if you do have a situation, if you are a realtor or a situation where like, it's common protocol to have your, Cell phone number given out for a variety of reasons. I would ha- strongly encourage have a work phone, a work oh, cell yes. phone, and yes. then I would I would strongly communicate this is my work phone. I work and am available for texts and calls between X hours. Um, otherwise, like between you know five p.m. to nine p.m. or whatever, like evenings and early mornings, I am with my family and like I'm you know available every other time other than that. So that's also a boundary. Yeah. Like if if you need, I to would have your phone also
1: just like shut off work completely at like have very strict office hours to have that boundary Yeah. Um. in place. Maybe even more so for you than for your clients. Because I think sometimes it's us that's like the one that's like breaking the rules versus our clients. We're like, like, oh, like they're not even expecting us to answer. We just are like, oh, I have to get back to them
0: immediately. They're the ones who like, you know, a photography client or whatever is getting off work at 5 p.m. So they're they're sending you an email at like 7 p.m. And so therefore you're like, oh, I must answer now. But realistically, that's just when they're able to send the email. They're not needing you to answer it right then. A thing that I'm sure Lindsay was about to say before I interrupted her (laughs) was like turn off notifications. Like shut out of your tabs or your email inbox for your honey book for whatever that is. Turn off notifications. I have no work notifications on any of my devices what so even computer even like my phone nothing um the only exception is on my computer i have my slack notifications on for 1 hour per day which that's a new thing for me um so that i can stay focused on deep work so i don't have emails popping up and distracting me on my phone during a date with landon like nothing like that i don't want that coming into my off hours so. don't
1: even put the don't even put your it, uh, email like app on your phone delete yeah. that like like if you, that if way you
0: have you won't even if, if you, you have, have to, troubles yeah. with that because I I have the e- email app on my phone just because there are times when I'm like out and I need to reference an email and I, I look it up but I don't have I don't have any issues with checking that thing when I'm out of office like <laughs> That's I true. I don't even want to look at that <laughs> but like some some people might
1: have that like complex of like yeah <laughs> like that, that sounded weird but like it's not like that, a diagnosis yeah no it's not a diagnosis but just like a, a issue where you you almost feel like you are disappointing your clients unless you respond to them within 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, and in that scenario, if it's a Saturday and you get an email notification, if you don't want to delete your app, just turn off notifications like Evie said.
0: Yeah. Well, I also, the only, I don't know that I even want to open this can of worms. Lindsay and I really encourage, if you are at the starting point of your business where you're really trying to build clients, you're trying to get any and all bookings that you can, I, and you're like, we encourage, respond to a inquiries best, within, fast, like, yeah. within like, one to three hours, if that's at all possible, definitely within 24 hours. So if that's the scenario and you're, you're in that like more hustle beginner stage of your business uh, and you're, you're wanting to really like, if you don't respond to a, a, let's say a wedding photography client inquiry on a Friday night and you're not going to get to them till Monday and you're like, I I probably will lose that inquiry. My encouragement would be set like specific times, like Saturday, like afternoon, between things like set a timer for 15 minutes to go in and double check your inbox and respond to any inquiries and then shut off yeah, like that sort brilliant. of like make sure there're still boundaries within that but also not everyone is at a season of business where they can willingly like shut off an inbox or you know whatever for like a full weekend or a week or whatever. But also, if you do shut off for, for a week, you're out for vacation or anything like that, vacation responders are great things to say like hi, I'm out of office. If there's anything super urgent from an active client or anything like that, I will be responding every like 2 to 3 days. Uh if it's an inquiry or a new client, like I will be getting back to you on X date. Like vacation responders are yeah. amazing. So
1: I like that you, I like that you clarified for anybody that's like in that more hustle. Like if you are sitting here and you have zero clients and you desperately need money and clients, don't maybe wait three days to respond to somebody like you, you arguably can't afford to do that. Um, but something that helps with that, with what Evie said is email templates. Like it makes, it makes the fact of you responding within an hour. So, so, so much easier. If you are writing every single email to a inquiry by hand, stop that. Stop it now. If you're a photographer, we have email templates in our shop. Um, and if you're even not a photographer, you probably could tweak those email templates to your own industry. But I just gotta, I gotta say that because we have bomb email templates, I have to say. But anyways, even if they're not ours, use an email template because even if you write your own, like get, save it and yeah. then just like apply it to all your future
0: emails and it will help you, you can out. customize and tweak, but oh man, it saves time. I yeah. love that. That was a great question, Tori. I love that.
1: Hi, I'm Ray from Chattanooga, Tennessee. My question for Evie and Lindsay is: This is not business related, but if there was one thing that you wanted people to know, or if you wanted them to ask you about specifically, that you would just hope that they would know about you, what would it be?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Ray. That's really
1: good, Ray. I don't know how to take this question. Is it like? the one thing that we want to be known for, like if there was only one thing that the world knew about Lindsay Roman, what would it be? Or is it like one thing that I wish people would ask me about? Dang it. Like, <laughs> like I feel like that's a different
0: answer. What if we answer both? Okay, cool. Okay, the thing that, that instantly, <laughs> like when Ray asked this question, the the thing that I like instantly felt if I could be like known for, if people could know one thing about me and one thing only, what would it be? And I know Lindsay's is probably the exact same, is I want to be known for loving the Lord with everything that I have and for how much, like I want people to see how much he has changed and impacted my life and how powerful the Holy Spirit has been in my life. And I want like essentially people to look and be like, I want that relationship with God and I want that God in my life. Yeah,
1: that's literally, I mean, that's like a a given. If it's like the one thing that, that, anybody could, could know about me. It, it's pretty much the same. Like I want to glorify God with my life and I want people when they see my life or see me, I want them to see the hand of God yeah, in somebody who, who gave their life to him and, and did it for his good. So in his glory, like I yeah. want literally everything that Evie just said, like, I want people to come to the Lord because He is literally the author of your life. And he, he like it, he's why you exist. Frankly, if I can be so frank to say that, <laughs> but like he created you and he has such a beautiful purpose for you and you can absolutely do life without him, but it's not going to be as sweet as with him. Yeah. Uh, you might disagree with that, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> I, like it, it literally, if I could have anything about my life be known, it's, it's literally just that it points and glorifies to the Lord because he yeah. is the best thing in my life ever. Amen. Um okay, so now I don't know how to answer the second part of that that I'm just making up. I don't know which one she meant, but <laughs> if I what do you have an answer for like if you if you wish someone could ask you something, but like dang it, just like that
0: attitude of like, no one asks me about this. <laughs> I don't feel like, I mean I, I really gotta think the, about The that. only thought, like I don't I don't feel like I would say like nobody asks me about this, but like if I could talk about one thing, if somebody could only come up to me and ask me one question for the rest of my life. What would I want to talk about, like a topic? Oh, uh, that's I thought that's different. a whole no, that's
1: other thing. thing. <laughs> no, maybe, maybe that's the same thing.
0: I'm like either like books or uh, God aside, Oh, I do I this do like books. number one, but like yeah. I, I feel like if if it weren't somebody coming up and being like, tell me about like, Jesus, what are you reading? Yeah, I feel like it would be like books. But I
1: see, I feel like people have started asking me that question, so it's not like I'm sitting because she said, "What's one thing you wish people could ask you?" So it's, that implies that they're not already asking. Okay, right? so not right. books. I don't what know. Well, do people do people ask you about books? I feel like yeah, they oh do. Oh yeah, all the time. So what is one thing that that you wish people asked you about?
0: But they don't. That? Yeah, that's a very,
1: Ray, wow. Okay, wow. I'm gonna need like-
0: to sit and pause. We might have to have Hayden cut some of this silence because I need yeah, to Yeah, Hayden,
1: Hayden, feel free as we just <laughs> marinate.
0: All right, we're back. <laughs> We had we had to think about that for a couple minutes.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. Mine, I, I feel like we were literally just talking about this. Like we don't really, can't think of, of much that people don't ask us because I think we talk about what we want to be asked about.
0: So it's like- well, Also, I think even the stuff that we don't necessarily want to be asked about a ton, we're we're such open books and we're willing to talk about a lot of stuff. Yeah. So like, I feel like I get asked questions about like just about everything in my life that is remotely public information.
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, my, mine I think is, is not like books as far as I'm reading, but like, like me writing a book, oh. but m- maybe more so to put pressure on me to
0: do it. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Cause I, uh,
1: there's zero words been written. So everyone what, after this, it's, what's today's date? Today is June 7th, 2022 uh, on record. Lindsay's written zero th- for z- zero percent of her future manuscript so everyone listening to this go dm Lindsay and
0: say yo where your book
1: <laughs> okay but that's not helpful i'd be like i don't know like give me something else
0: <laughs> okay ask her questions about like what's your book going to be about tell us all this thing okay anyways um <laughs> that's a good answer i i think I, I think mine would be like my childhood upbringing experiences like being raised on a farm for a good portion of my life like being a farm girl, milking a cow, taking care of horses, like all of that. Homeschooling, being like a homeschooled kid. Like I feel like so much of that formed and shaped who I am. And I've talked about that definitely. But I think like, I believe in the way my parents raised me so strongly that I do almost wish more people were like, Tell me, like, how did this shape you? Is it worth getting an animal for my kids to take care of? And I'd be like, yes, teaches them responsibility big time. Like, Right. So I think well, sometimes it, I wish if that if was more. It makes more. you feel better. When I was pregnant with Eloise, I literally called your mom and I was like, teach me your ways. <laughs> Actually, I have had a lot of people, anytime I mention my parents and anything about how they raised me, everyone always asks for them to be on the podcast. I don't think that's a bad idea. I think that could yeah, be a we, really we could good do idea. That.
1: Well, we could maybe just, I could just like x-nay out of that and you could just... You know what I'm saying?
0: Like, no, I think that's a good both of us interviewing oh, my parents. Oh, okay.
1: All right. We'll
0: leave it <laughs> up for a vote. Should <laughs> Lindsay be a present? And I don't know. I could go either way. That's funny. Yeah, I think that's that's the only thing that I feel like I don't get like a ton of questions on unless I've specifically posted about that. And then some people ask me specific questions, but I don't think that's like a brand pillar of mine that people know to ask me about or anything.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, is there another question or are we good? No, that's the end. Oh, that was beautiful. Well, if you liked this episode, let us know. Screenshot it, share it on your stories, tag us, DM us, all the things. Let us know in our Facebook group. Um, If you liked this type of Q&A episode, if you like Q&A episodes in general, if you want to let us keep doing them. If you want to let us, you don't let us, but
0: if you want them (laughs) is what I mean. (laughs) Lindsay's Uh like, this is our show. (laughs) Just kidding. It's our show for you. So I really you like having like people on in
1: that way. I think that was really fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I just I just really like it. Also, let us uh, know if you like the show by leaving a five-star review. Well, I guess if you leave a five-star review is what I meant to say. But in that saying, I was like, well, if you like it, let, never mind.
0: Whatever. You get what I'm saying. Leave <laughs> us a five-star review, please. Thanks and good night. All right. We love you guys. We will see you on the next episode.